Hey Carla, it's Marla. Welcome to Just Because I Love You Day. Today we're talking about an email that we got from a listener. We're probably going to talk about healing and go a million different directions with it. And who knows, we may talk about something else. Join us today for Just Because I Love You Day. Uh, we need the ultimate supervisor, except not Emmy, because Emmy will smack anybody who, who breaks a rule. Well, and Emmy <laughs> makes up her own rules, too. She'll be like, you can't grab that one. It's like, why? No, because you grabbed it three times ago. Don't yeah. you remember? That's Carla's. the rules. Oh. Hi, oh. Carla. We're talking about the injustices our children feel deeply about. Yes. The matching game. They, they <laughs> love rules when they don't apply to them. Yeah. If they can make them up or enforce them on others, they are about the rules. Perhaps you can relate, Carla. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. Well, is, rules for thee and not for me. This is just because I love you, Jay. And my microphone is not working. Uh-huh. Why? I'm sorry. I plugged them in. I probably didn't push them all Oh, the way. I think it just wasn't on. Okay. There we go. No. This is just because I love you, Jay. And if you're listening, you're Carla. I'm Amanda. I'm Marla. I'm Tabby. And I'm Megan. So, bets on how long before somebody's yelling at somebody else in the background two minutes oh i was gonna say that i was gonna say three oh. minutes i'm very optimistic ah resident optimist over here <laughs> that's megan nobody's surprised should i talk about our email from our listener the one i forwarded well then the, there's two actually oh yeah sure you okay. forwarded one to moi well when i say moi i just mean our four sisters email oh. of which i manage so it kind of is it's marvelous so anyways, we had an email from a listener, which was really cool. Um, she said she really enjoyed the last podcast, which was, we think, we thought it was what, the matriarchy one? Yeah, that was yeah. matriarchy. Maybe she was talking about, she came across a quote recently that made her pause. Um, she was, let's see, the company I work for was moving buildings, put, started putting quotes on the wall. So there's one by Maya Angelou. That says, I have come to find that people will forget what you say. People will, will forget what you do, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Ah, see, we know it. So she said, my knee-jerk reaction was, eh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> I knew the surface meaning of the quote was basically, don't be a jerk um, to people. Even if you're right, people respond better depending on how you say something. Tone, facial expressions, body language, etc." However, especially in today's world, I wish it had the following clarifiers. You are not always responsible for how people feel. How people feel doesn't necessarily negate what you said or did. People may be grateful for a hard truth later down the road, so don't let their feelings now hold back what needs to be said or done. And let's see, she said the best biblical equivalent would be speak the truth in love. Anywho, thanks so much for sharing the conversation. It's nice to know I'm not the only one who ponders the things you talk about God bless. Oh, well, God bless you. No. <laughs> Thanks, Carla. Do you want to do the one that you forwarded me? Wait a minute. I, I want oh, yes, to talk ahead. about that for just a Please. second. <laughs> because like the first part of me wants to stand up and clap. So yay, Carla. Yes. You're totally picking up what we're laying down. We're, we're in agreement here. Um, but I also think about my grandma who has Alzheimer's. And she literally cannot remember the things that people say to her or um, even do with her, but she does remember how they make her feel. Mm. So there is probably some truth to Maya Angelou's uh, quote, 
But I want to put the clarifier here because she has been, you know, practicing her own emotions, emotional regulation for the last 70 years of her life. So by the time she gets to this age where she literally can't remember people's actions or words and she only remembers feelings, it's because she has she has done the job already of working through those feelings and deciding. Is that you, Carla? Hello? <laughs> Carla from beyond. It was my mom. Oh. She's I, done the work up front. That's what I'm saying. So she doesn't take offense up. Does offense she remember is it short-term feelings? Like just in the moment okay, she feels good? I, or does she actually remember how people made her feel? No, I need to clarify something too, because I have to disagree with Megan a little bit. Actually, um, I was I was there when grandma was upset with grandpa for not taking her on a trip in the golf cart just mm. a couple of weeks ago. She was like, I just don't like being told that I'm going to go somewhere and then being left behind. She did not remember that he had taken her on a trip in the golf cart 15 minutes before she was upset with him. So, so this is why, like when I think of people who have Alzheimer's or people who can't remember some things, you know, long-term or even short-term sometimes, that's when I think there's a problem with Maya Angelou's quote. Like Mm. it's because we cannot rely on our feelings, no matter how well we've done regulating them in the past if you get to the point where you do start trusting them, particularly when your details about life are a little bit scattered because your memory is clouded, um, it's a it's a bad decision no matter how old you are to go, okay, I'm going to hold this grudge or I'm going to be upset because my feelings are telling me that I should be. Because um, sometimes those details matter. Sometimes the facts get, get scrambled. And if you're choosing to be upset based on those, you know, misunderstood facts or misremembered facts, then you're going to be upset it for no real reason no matter what so i will i think that what tabby asked the is is it short-term feelings or long-term feelings is important because those are short-term feelings but when she sees her sister walk in the door she has no clue the name of her sister or that it's her sister but she does know that she gets good feelings when that person walks in the door she doesn't know why though see that's what i was gonna ask because then it comes down to you need somebody you can trust to tell you when your feelings sometimes some people are better at emotional regulation than i am but i usually have people i can trust who can tell me no that's all in your head right now like you're doing fine you're just anxious my daughter needs to go potty but i'm gonna finish my thought first (laughs) well and i wonder I wonder how much it has. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how much it has to do with like your your just general disposition because I think that she would be happy at this point no matter who walked in the door. I think that just that her whole life she's been cheerful around people. She just likes people. Hold on. And so, and I did notice that there was a difference between Tabby's and my great grandmothers, both of whom kind of started to lose their memory when they were in their nineties, I think. And they were both had a very different ways of managing it. You know, we had a great grandmother who was a little bit surly and sour and did not like people in general, no matter who it was. And then we also had one who just liked people, no matter who it was. And so I don't know. I, I don't I don't know what I really firmly believe. I don't think I really firmly believe anything about like the longevity of muscle memory, I guess, or the longevity of yeah. emotional memory. But well, I think like you were saying there's been, I, I'm, I'm thinking out loud here, but I feel like there have been instances where somebody feels like maybe something happened to them in their childhood because when they're around that uncle, they, they remember that they didn't like it. And they're like, hmm, I wonder if something happened to me that I don't remember. And I feel like there's so much stock put in feelings that we're almost making up yeah. things that have never happened. Oh, just that's because- actually like psychological 
like abuse scandals from therapists or counselors or um, psychiatrists are well documented. Like mm-hmm. people who are digging into these, um, what what do they call the memories? Now I can't remember. Suppressed, suppressed. Yes. Oh, yeah. suppressed, suppressed memories, memories and like mm-hmm. trying to get people to remember things that they don't actually remember. Right. Yeah, that's some pretty hideous stuff. Well, yeah. Did you guys ever read the studies about the people who had never been to Disney World before, but really honestly believed wholeheartedly that they had been to Disney World when they were oh, children? Really? <laughs> yes, like the mind is that easily manipulated um, that you can, that's why it's really it's hard to get testimonies at court cases where they need to have more than just one because memories can be deposited and removed from your mind pretty easily. Mm. Oh, on a lesser like malicious scale, uh, (laughs) the Mandela effect. It's the same kind of thing where people were like, no, I remember that Bernstein was spelled with an I, even though it's always been spelled with like an A. Mm. Like that's just one of the examples. And there's a whole bunch of people who wholeheartedly will like throw their life down and that they have these memories of certain events that just didn't happen. Okay, but isn't it spelled with an A and an I? Yeah, I said E. Yeah, They say Bernstein bears, so they think it's I-E-N. Yeah, Um, but it's I-A-N, Bernstein bears. But you don't say Bernstein. Well, yeah, but I'm pretty sure you said, I I know Bernstein was spelled with an I. No, I said E. Don't don't put that memory in my head. I said E. We'll go back (laughs) and listen to the recording. Roll back the tape, Carla. I said E. (laughs) We'll see. By the end of this episode, I'll have you remembering something but else. Not to dredge up your grandma again, but I had a question that I had to pause because Marcy had to go pee, which by the way, she said Silas went in her room. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> I told you. Preschoolers. Oh, um, I wanted to know then when your short-term feelings or your short-term memory or just your memory in general starts to go fuzzy, does she at least know that there's somebody she can trust? Like, even if she doesn't remember your mother, for instance, like her name, like when you said, when Teresa, that's Megan's mom, walks through the door, does she go, oh, okay, I have a feeling about this person and therefore I know I can trust them because it's long-term or is it just, is they, it all timers just sucks because no everything's up in the air? She yes. literally has no idea. Yep. So anybody could walk in and tell her what to do. Childhood. It's like you go back to being a very vulnerable little like one year old child. But it's also hard to tell, honestly, because she does have lucid moments where she's just like, again, she can recognize the feeling because she might have like a memory with this person, but still have no idea who this person is. Mm. So like in the case of her sister, she might have some kind of weird memory with her sister because her sister's very very funny. And the thing is, they usually remember you at a particular stage in life. So then they don't Uh, recognize your elderly form. Like she might remember her sister being 10 years old, you know, or Mm -hmm. 15 years old, but she doesn't maybe recognize her as an older lady like she is now. Yep. So it's complicated, but yeah, eventually, like eventually toward the very, very end, they get to the point where they do not remember anything, including how to form words, including how to, you know, wash themselves or, or put on their own clothing, or it, it's just they need to be taken care of for the the same way that you know Finley, who's over there throwing peas on the floor, needs to be taken care of. <laughs> right, but I was wondering about the like uh, like the trust of it because Finley does know her mother versus a stranger. I don't know whether it's right, smell or memories. Memory. Or, right, that's actual memory. Right. Okay, and babies don't like you can imprint on a baby just like Megan was talking about being able to imprint memories. Like they they don't just trust a few people like they will literally go with anyone. <laughs> so anyway, sorry, Marla just handed me a phone. 
with the other email that we got this week. This was from another listener. We will call her Carla. <laughs> I like it. Name. <laughs> and she said something funny. Little it was subject was wanted to point out something funny. If my grandparents picked up my phone and saw the notification that I just got, this is what they would read. And it's a screenshot and it says podcast. Just because I love you, wiping butts for Jesus is available. <laughs> you are welcome, Carla. So have fun explaining that. Yep. I think I got some of the most views I've ever gotten on an Instagram story because it said wiping butts for Jesus. And I think people are like, uh, and then I didn't give a context. So you guys, I be? put that in my resignation letter at my job. <laughs> You're going to be professional. Oh yes. Megan has an announcement. Oh yeah. So Carla, I, um, I quit my job, but I still have to work it until September 30th. So, <laughs> so she has quit quit. my resignation, but like that was, was a very anticlimactic <laughs> ending. <laughs> It hasn't ended. <laughs> I it's quit over. my job, and it's not totally over yet. But the oh, reasoning was to just spend more time with my family and be more invested in my family. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure wiping butts for Jesus is definitely in there. If it, I mean, at least wrote it somewhere now. I hope it wasn't in your name slot. No. It was oh. under your pronoun. It's ah, that's it. Megan, no. West. Yeah. Megan West. Megan West. Wiping butts. Slash butts but wiper <laughs> yep it's a busy season in general i feel like i'm walking around with my head in the clouds because i have so much stuff going on right now we started school last week which is partly why we didn't record a new podcast we released a new one but we didn't actually record it that day it was old it was old not uh, stale just old just old and uh so we started school and then I was helping a public school student with his e-learning at the same time that I'm homeschooling my own kids. And Amanda has lots of opinions about the e-learning setup. <laughs> she loves amaze it. you, it's Carla. <laughs> Plus dental appointments um, for my kids last week, for me this week, and vacay with comics, which That's the big one. is the big one. I've been working on this event for a year and a half now, actually close no, to it's, two years. I say, you're actually closer to like two and a half. No, we start. We first saw the campground in September of 2018. No, 2019. I was pregnant with Simon. 2019. And so we're <laughs> well, going on two I years. Know. So it's been a journey. We had to cancel it last year because of COVID. And now this next week, we're going to officially pay off all of this work. And then people are already asking me like, oh, when are you doing next year? I can't come this year. It will really be a lot of fun, I think. So let me know when you're doing next year. And I'm seriously crawling to the finish line like, somebody help me. <laughs> Don't make me do this. I, it's fun, and I'm looking forward to it. And I do think that we will want to do it again. I think everybody's going to have a blast. But, yeah, this week before, I'm just pulling my hair out. So I don't plan to... I don't plan to contribute a whole lot today intellectually. I might let my mouth move some more, but I'm here to basically push buttons for Mandy, Jesus. Mandy is, she has a work-related pregnancy. She's about to birth out this, this I don't know, 80-person event. Uh -huh. <laughs> 91. Okay, 91-person event. Yeah, that's a big baby. Yeah. yeah. So that's exciting. But it is, like, it is like the end of a pregnancy where you're like, I just want to be done. I have no energy left. I can't do this much longer. But I also, because it's customer service related, 
Like you've got to be on, you know, like uh-huh. people understand when you're going to have a baby, they'll pretty much leave you alone if you're like, I just want to take a nap. But when you're doing an event, they're like, what airport should I fly into? What time should I arrive? Can I have special food? Because I have these dietary restrictions and things that like make sense. You know, I don't blame anybody for these questions. Oh no, you're pregnant on a high wire. Just, <laughs> someone threw her a tired. cat. And then I also have to you know, pack my own kids because my whole family is going to be going. And oh, and on top of that, Mandy is currently the only person who knows the gender of my baby. Oh yeah, that's really <gasps> the holding a huge secret. <laughs> Just pretending like I don't know is probably the easiest thing I'm being charged with right now. See, that'd be hard for me, <laughs> and I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, she, so she's actually going to help out with a real pregnancy and a real baby, but that's not right, till that December. That is something I have to do. We have to decide how we're going to reveal the gender at Vacay with Comics, which is swiftly approaching. So, any ideas? Yeah. Also, Carla, you should uh, totally comment below and guess the gender of Tabby's baby because, oh, I guess it'll be two more episodes before we'll reveal it to Carla. Yeah. Yeah. We do have a little bit. Nobody's going to tell you if you're right. Because <laughs> nope. we don't know. We will clap back, though, and be like, Woo. good job, Carla, yeah. for taking a 50-50 guess. Yep. And Way then, to go. Way to flip that even, coin. Well, it's too late for you to say what you thought, but the rest of us haven't said what we think it's going to be. It's a girl. It's going to be a girl. That's my really? thing. I think it's a girl. I think it's a boy. I think it's a boy and I'm sad about it. Oh, why? I don't know. I just Wait, am. How are you more. sad already about your guess? <laughs> like, good gracious. Because I'm like, I'm convinced now. It's not a guess. I know. <laughs> In your bones. In my bones. I don't know. I there, There's really no reason to be sad about it. And obviously, once the baby's born, I'm not going to be like, no. Like I'm, nobody's gonna There's care. There's a penis. Put it back. <laughs> what are we supposed to be talking hey, about? Hey, in our culture, nah, I'm not gonna go there. That's a different topic for it. I told you, I'm just pushing buttons. Marla said something about healing. I'm gonna let you guys talk, and then you let me know when it's time to push the stop button. I did not have a topic, and I was not even in the room when you guys started. I figured this was all predetermined. Hmm. No, no, but who normally does that? The person whose heads are in the heads. See, I don't even, I even have multiple heads at this point. All of her heads are in the clouds. All of my heads are in the clouds. Well, let's turn this over to Marla. (laughs) (laughs) Was that it? Was that all that was said in the email was that she got the wiping butts for Jesus? The notification said wiping butts for Jesus. Yeah, that was available. It was just a screenshot. It was just just funny the way it Oh, I thought we had, I thought we had more emails or something. No, Marla wanted to talk about whether people are ever recovered from their sin. Like if they struggle with a particular Mm -hmm. sin, can you ever refer to yourself as recovered? And look at me saying something smart. Look, listen, I knew you could do it. (laughs) Carla, open your ears. Quiet long enough. (laughs) I just suddenly sat up straight like, wow, I still have the ability to do this. The Holy Spirit doth entered. (laughs) She said specifically Alcoholics Anonymous encourages their, um, People, they're, they don't call them patients. They're, they don't call them clients. They're guests. Just recovering their attendees, I maybe. guess. Yeah, I think that's it maybe. encourages them to always say they are recovering. They're recovering alcoholics. They're always sober, too. Always. Wait, what? I don't think they encourage them to drink. I think that yes. they tell them to stay sober. 
Right. Correct. That's, <laughs> that's obvious. <laughs> what well, that's my point. If you're recovered, you could theoretically go back to, oh, you know. Oh, you would have the, I see what you're saying. You could then have the willpower, the capacity to drink within reason, but they yes. don't recommend that you ever drink Cause they again. Because they can't. Because they couldn't, they would relapse. They well, literally but that's, can't. But that's the argument, though. The question is, can they? Like, is it possible to ever have a, quote, typical relationship with drinking? So, um... It, are they able to moderate eventually? And here's the story that I shared with Marla that is on the topic. Because taking that assumption, taking that culture from AA, I had always heard that when it came to other addictions, such as pornography, the same thing applies. Oh, you're always going to struggle. You're always going to have stumbling blocks. And I said that to a friend once, shortly after Luke and I got married. I said, well, you know... Anybody who has a relationship with a person who struggles with pornography knows that there are always going to be these stumbling blocks. And it was my friend who was like, wait, why do we know that? Like, says who? And I thought that that was a weird question because I was like, everybody knows that. Everybody says that you're never going to be fully recovered. You're always going to struggle with this thing. And she goes, well, maybe some people say that, but where does it say that in the Bible? And why would you assume that he's always going to struggle with X, Y, Z? He being some husband who's struggling with pornography. Why would you assume that the husband was always going to struggle with pornography? And I said, I don't know. That's just what I was told. I was told. And she said, well, yeah, if you believe that he's always going to struggle, then he will. Because it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. But the Bible does talk about like healing and freedom from your sin. And it says in, what, Corinthians? It lists a whole bunch of sexual sins. And it says, and that's what some of you were. Past tense, not currently are. So identifying with your sin versus being able to heal completely from it. That was, I think, what she wanted to talk about. But Marla has since left the room. <laughs> Her baby was chewing on a uh, wire, so she had to go stop that. Um, well, they... I have some Bible. Okay. But would you like to share your thought? I, I was just going to go off the cuff and I'm say, back, by I, the way. Think, <laughs> I, think there is, I think there is recovery and healing. I, I think that those people who go through AA are technically no longer abusing alcohol, which is the victory. It's about what you do with that. It would not be smart as a human who has fallen to then to then try to drink again you know it would not be smart to do the things again that you had struggled with before even though you're no longer doing them and that's great i would just assume that i know enough about humans it's like cool well why would you want to try well again? the issue then is that alcohol is one of the only things that we consider an addiction that you can just go cold turkey and never drink again like when you're when your addiction is food or if you're a married man, for example, who's addicted to some sexual, you know, thing, then those are those are areas where you can't just be like, well, that's cool. I'll just avoid my particular trigger trigger for the rest of my life. My well, we advocate we advocate <laughs> that for <laughs> my heads homosexuality. Are, heads are back in the clouds again, guys, and I can't <laughs> and talk anymore. Lost Bye, her. Mandy. <laughs> we do advocate that for some people. Like we just tell. Like Christian homosexuals will say, obviously that's just not something that I can ever give into. Ah, you just said the word Christian homosexual, and that is another <laughs> huge, huge controversial topic. Is there such a thing as a Christian homosexual, or is that identifying with a former sin that you are capable of being completely delivered from? Ugh. <laughs> I don't know. I think it it matters how we look at the words healed. I don't. I was out of the room, Carla, for a minute, but. I think the temptation could still exist. 
I think when you're fasting from something or, you know, those types of things are, are kind of similar situations. I feel like, I mean, when I was off social media for a little while, I felt like I had to ease back in a little bit. Cause, and even now it's been easy for me to just hop right back on Instagram again. And it's like, wow, this could very easily spiral. I mean, not that I was like addicted before, but I do think that when I post something, I'll like to come back. Did anybody say anything? Is there anybody I can talk to? Like, does anybody have any questions? Like, and I'm always (laughs) just like popping back in and, and I have to like question my motives. Okay. Did I post that? Because I think I'm getting off topic a little bit here, but it is being healed, losing the temptation or just not doing the behavior. Okay. I'm interjecting with some Bible. Good. Because (laughs) I wanted some Bible. So here's, here's a Bible verse for you, Carla. It's Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray that you, so you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, Mm. which tells me that there's, you're going to face temptation and your flesh is always going to want to do whatever that thing is. There's another verse that we, first Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, which immediately tells me, okay, but he will allow tem- some temptations. Is that but when you are tempted, we are not discussing this until the word has been read, Marla. <laughs> we are in the reading of the words. I'm just going to eat peas. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. That's what I was waiting for. Okay, so then my understanding of that is all, okay, so we're not saying that you're healed because the temptation will never be there. I think we're pretty much guaranteed that our temptations will always be there and the devil's always ready to get you. Yeah, he knows Mm -hmm. your buttons. Yeah, Yeah, but that you are able to not do the behavior. Mm -hmm. You're able to stop yourself and control yourself. Yeah, because the spirit is willing, (laughs) but the flesh is weak. Well, there's also that one, uh, I think it was Corinthians too. But it, but it's um I why do I it how does it Paul it's it's Paul but it's like oh. I hate I do, I do what I hate I do what I hate mm. and I why don't do I, keep you, doing I don't do what I do want to do but what I don't want to do those are the things, things I, do. I do right? yeah that's hard to do even with your head in out of the clouds lots of I can't <laughs> lots <Yeah>. of do do's one is can we even publish this <laughs> well i think absolutely i think it's a good idea that i think it's good that we only even broached this topic toward the end of this recording because i don't think that it's something that i have any conclusions about uh-uh. and i just mm-hmm. wanted marla and the rest of you to know too that this is a hotly debated thing mm-hmm. this is something that gets argued about all the time so a few years ago maybe two years ago or a little more Um, There was a conference that was being held by some self-professed evangelicals who um, called their conference the Revoice Conference. Are you familiar with this? Revoice? Mm -mm. Yeah, Revoice. Speak your voice? Yeah, like Revoice, because they wanted to give a new voice to the conversation about homosexuality, the one that Tabby just brought up a little bit ago. Um, I can't believe none of you have heard about this. Mm -mm. It was a very big deal, because they decided to argue, well, okay, argue is going to give strong opinions one way or another. They wanted to bring up the subject of whether Christian homosexuality was a thing that even existed. They encourage celibacy, they say. They encourage um, open communication about temptation mm-hmm. like that. But they also encourage people to identify as homosexuals if that helps them deal with their sin. I, I'm trying to be fair to the way that the speakers 
would say it. Um, but then they end up with um, some breakout sessions and things, for example, that encourage people to talk about what part of their homosexuality are they going to bring into the new Jerusalem, in the new kingdom, like in heaven. What part of your homosexuality are you going to bring with you? What does that mean? They're claiming that there's a culture about homosexuality that is separate from the sin. That there's there's something to do with... That, like there's a silver lining? Yes. Exactly that. That there's this dark sin, but there's also this bright spot or something about which it will be redeemed and something that you can bring to heaven with you to give back to Jesus. Like here, I've been a gay Christian for you. I guess celibacy, but that's that's not um, unique to homosexuality. The only thing I can think of is, is in Second Corinthians, they talk about... Um, the, the benefits of struggle is the increased compassion for others. And so maybe the struggle with homosexuality or drunkenness or the struggle with drug use, the, just the struggle itself well, increases the, compassion. The question I heard posed to one of the founders of the Revoice Conference, which I thought was a good one, was then, okay, what if we had a breakout session at a conference that said, what part of your white supremacy are you going to redeem for Jesus? Mm. And like, what like, part? Insert any word there. Right. And it's still, yeah. like, you still have to kind of step back and think, what? Right. Right, and, and they like to say that there's this certain art, there's like language, there's music and things that come with the culture of homosexuality that maybe you can imagine giving to Jesus instead. But, but at the same time, if it's been redeemed by Jesus, if it's now the silver lining, i.e. the light, then it's not homosexuality anymore. Right, that's what I'm saying. Why are they still holding on to this term? Why are they still holding on to the sin? Because it's part of their redemption the best part? It's part of their identity. that you would say, I'm a recovering alcoholic, and always refer to yourself as an alcoholic. It's part of your story. It's part of your identity now. And that's the question that I don't know that we can even answer here or Hmm. now. Like, is it wise to do that? Is it wise to keep, to continue to call yourself you know, an adulterer, for example, or a, um, a uh, lesbian or a, I don't know, like, is it, would it be wise to keep calling yourself a thief if you had been in jail for would, stealing, you know? Would it go back to our favorite motto, which is depends on your motivation? If it's helping you to, uh, again, not necessarily erase the temptation, because I think we're in agreement that that might not necessarily happen, but if it's helping you from perpetuating the behavior wouldn't that then therefore be that then therefore be a good I mean, if you're bringing thing. it up as part of your testimony, but you have to take it a step farther. I would think you have to, you have to continue on and say, but I've been redeemed, right? But I am a new creation. Paul in Christ. Says that's what some of you were not right. You still are recovering from so that. Stop labeling yourself as a drunkard, a homosexual, a homosexual, uh, uh, adulterer transgender Mm. you know whatever the bible has has deemed um sin stop identifying yourself with that because if you've laid it down and and you are actively recovering and will continue to actively recover your whole life you are a new creation and there's freedom in that so embrace the freedom don't embrace the past sin I wonder if it's because they find it easier. Like when my dad doesn't say the city he's actually from, he just says Indianapolis because he's tired of trying to explain where he's actually from. I wonder if that's sometimes what happens where it's easier to say, oh, I'm a recovering alcoholic so that people will immediately be like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. I'm not going to serve you a drink. I'm, I'm not going to drink around you or whatever. Instead of saying, oh, I used to be an alcoholic where their behavior would still be like, oh, okay. 
is it cool if I still drink then? Like, I wonder if it's just simpler. Not that I agree with it. I'm just wondering if that's maybe where it comes from. It's, it's just easier to, to ward off other people, basically. Well, let's table that. We're over our time. The kids are no making kidding. a big old noise in the background, <laughs> as usual. And I can feel myself drifting up toward, toward the sky again. No, Mandy, hit the button. <laughs> I don't know. Come back down, Mandy. Come back down. Just uh, Do we need to like tie you to a rock or something? Just pray for me, Carla. <laughs> I don't even know if She's we can like, use and this. throw me in the river. My phone's going crazy. The back door's slamming. It's just because I love you, Dave. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for Just Because I Love You Day. You can also find us on MeWe in the group Four Sisters Birth and Motherhood Counseling and on Instagram, Four Sisters One Savior. Those are numerals. We also have an email account, Four Sisters One Savior at gmail.com, and those are also numerals, not words. Four Sisters One Savior. See you next time.